The Sharks get shut out for the ninth time this season, but hey, this time it was scrappy. Your Locked On Sharks, your daily podcast on the San Jose Sharks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, welcome to Locked on Sharks, the premier hockey podcast covering your favorite team in the Bay Area. My name is J.D. Young, contributor at San Jose Hockey Now. I want to thank you for making Locked on Sharks your first listen. Probably part of the Locked on Network. We cover your team every day. And if you want to be an everyday, all you have to do is just follow wherever you get podcasts or you can watch on YouTube as well. And the Sharks, they win scrap or they lose scrappy and shoot out or shut out. Uh, four to nothing to the Vegas Gold Knights. I'm uh, going to talk about why this game was very much a good game, good effort vibes game, despite uh, not scoring a goal. Um, look at how the lines looked, why we need to see a Zadina. Zadina needs to play in the top six. Uh, we're going to discuss that. And then we're going to check in on the Bortolo and the Barracuda. And if Bortolo is going to be ready to kind of make that jump here soon. So uh, before we get into all that, do want to let you guys know that today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Uh, make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. That's $150 if your team wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started. Uh, we, I, uh, fighting through day-to-day upper body injury uh still coming off a cold uh voice is not quite there yet so we're gonna power through this as best we can i apologize in advance as i probably sound horrible been saving my voice all day for this like 30 minute shot here so um you're gonna get it all the best i can here so um sharks lose four to nothing um in this game very much Felt like Vegas, as we've seen them do, very much big brother, little brother, right? I'm going to do enough to kind of get ahead. And then I'm just going to kind of keep you at arm's length for the rest of the game. Uh, kind of just do enough and focus on other things because I'm busy doing other things than, than to mess with you. And the Sharks came out of this game really, really strong. In the first two minutes, they had two posts. And you wonder if they're able to capitalize on that score on one of those um, maybe kind of make Vegas have to work a little bit more if this game is different but uh, Vegas takes advantage of some of their opportunities um, Johnny Gaudreau seen just shaking his fist after he watches uh, the Sharks give up a breakaway um, the first three minutes of the game um, that actually gets scored and then William Carlson um, is able to, to pound one home and Vegas again this is what they do to the Sharks this is what they've done to the Sharks especially over the past couple of years I'm going to get up a couple of goals. I'm going to park the bus because I know you are not going to be able to score two, three goals on us uh, because our defense is too good and our goaltending is too good. And that's just kind of been their formula for victory um, in the series. And it has worked as they've now swept the Sharks this season, winning all four games. Um, and the only point the Sharks got was, you know, during their like, hey, good vibe Sharks run when they went uh, force a shootout. Um, and that was, I think, a Mike Hoffman hurdle goal at the, at the end of the regulation with the goalie pulled to get that one, even if I recall correctly. But this is it's just they're playing two different sports right now. Vegas is one of the 
best teams in the NHL, the defending champions. Um, they're I think they they need again. I'm not a Vegas fan, but just watching their power play, which they had five power play opportunities to the Sharks won, and they're you know the very ticky tack calls, but uh, the Sharks didn't earn any power play opportunities, right? But I feel like Vegas does need they need one more piece on their power play, and I know they don't have Jack Eichel, um, but they need a, a guy who can another score on I think on them. So, and I would expect them to be aggressive at the trade deadline because that's what Vegas is. Vegas is a very aggressive organization, and it's worked for them. But um, overall, though, you did see some positive things. I think the Sharks did play well, especially in the second period. Um, again, granted, Vegas parked the bus. Right, they were okay. If you can break through our defense and then get past Logan Thompson and score, you know, hat tip to you. If you can do it three times, then more power to you. Um, but I thought Sharks did do a good job of kind of, at least in the second period, controlling chunks of the second period. And we'll get into the numbers here in a little bit. But um, we had, you know, Alexander Barabanov was a healthy scratch for this game. Um, Mike Hoffman playing on the second line. Phil Zadina, though, continues to play well. And ever since the All-Star break, he's playing with a different confidence. And I would love to see him get rewarded um, with that confidence and play on that Eklund line. If Zadina, Eklund, um, Cunning, fine. But like, let's get Zadina into the top six because he has worked hard and he has um, been performing and he's Putting, he's making his lines better. And again, um, we get to the lines. Um, his line was really, really good today. Um, spoiler: they were very, very good. Of Zadina Sturm and LeBanc, um, they were one of they were the best shark sign. It's pretty easy to say that they were the best shark sign um, in this game. And let's let's see what happens if he plays with some better players um, for more than like a shift or two. Like let's let's put him on the top line. And the Sharks do have a couple of days off, right? They don't play again until Saturday. Get him, you know, get Zadina, get with Eklund, see if they can kind of start forming some chemistry. And if you want to have Cunning, you want to have Barabanov, or whoever you want to put in that line, but even LeBanc, maybe you just put take that second line or that third line and move it up, put LeBanc and Zadina with Eklund and see what happens because this team has been struggling to score goals as they've been shut out now nine, nine times this season, uh, tying their franchise record. Uh, they still have like 27 games left. So uh, I set the over over under 12 and a half, 12 and a half shutouts this season. Um, and I, it's going to be pretty close, but uh, especially with the trade deadline. So, We'll continue to, you know, of course, look at what the team's going to do and who comes up and stuff like that as the season goes on. But um, for this game, though, it was like they did a lot of good stuff and they you saw some kind of sustained zone time and you saw, you know, some good pressure. But again, just very much big brother right the big brother vegas golden knights and that's what they are right now they are the big brother to the san jose sharks um and it's going to be like that for the foreseeable future of just them i'm gonna i'll let you kind of mess around for a little bit but then when it gets go time we're we're just a better team than you we're i'm bigger i'm better i'm faster i'm stronger and there's nothing you could do and that's just that's just the state of these organizations right now so and it's Going to be like that for the next couple of seasons, unfortunately, for, for San Jose. Mackenzie Blackwood, we'll get into his numbers here in a minute. I thought he played okay-ish today. Um, did kind of give up some rebounds that you would like to maybe see him control a little bit better. 
Um, but uh, Mackenzie Blackwood, I thought he did play pretty well today. We'll, we'll get into his numbers here in a little bit, but um, to give up some rebounds and again, like Vegas basically kind of parked and all their shots were, they were really good at getting quality chances, especially in the first period. And it's kind of hard to control the rebound when it is point blank, high danger chances. Those, those are kind of, and that's, that's how like the William Carlson goal was scored uh, was point blank shot. Carlson just kind of beats the defender um, going forward and not much Mackenzie Blackwood could play, uh, could do there. And I think this was probably Blackwood's, mm, it's his worst game, I would say, kind of in a while. But again, um, not too, too much to do. Vegas kind of did what they wanted. They controlled the, the pace and tone of this game. And if it was, if they had worse puck luck, um, this, I bet this game would have been even uglier when it comes to the stats. So we'll dig into the stats here in a minute. Look at how they don't look too bad. Um, we'll view the numbers, check in on, on some of those, uh, some of the different lines from the Sharks and kind of see how those guys played. Um, and then we'll also talk about Bortolo and the Barracuda here uh, in just one minute. Get buckets with your first bet on FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, because right now new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. That's $150 if your team wins. Bet on all your favorite NBA players and teams with quick bets, live same-game parlays, exclusive props, and more. Again, Steph Curry is hot right now. Just keep betting on Steph Curry doing Steph Curry things. Um, I think he's gotten seven, uh, seven or more threes in like four straight games. Just keep betting on Steph Curry doing Steph Curry things because watching Steph Curry do Steph Curry things is fun, and he might as well make some money while he does it. So just visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and shoot your shot. Vandal, official sports partner of the NBA. All right. Um, so let's dig into the numbers for this game. Um, we had a lot of penalties. So uh, Sharks had five penalties in this game. Um, Vegas was kind of was able to operate, you know, kind of go one for five on those. The Sharks had one power play opportunity. Um, again, it's hard to draw penalties when you're not controlling the pace of play. When you're not playing any other team's uh, offensive zone, that's where most penalties are called, right? So 47-45 of the 5v5 play. Sharks outshot early shot attempts-wise. Um, and shots, they outshot Vegas. 58-48 um, to 48 Corsi 4, 54.72 Corsi 4 in favor of the Sharks. Actual shots was 24-20 in favor of San Jose. Um, scoring chances 33 to 23 in favor of San Jose. High danger chances 13 to 9 in favor of San Jose. Um, but the story is basically the first period in this game where Vegas came out. They kind of set the tone. They let, well, they let San Jose kind of do their thing for like two minutes and then they basically just put their foot down. Um, so the expected goals for in this game was. 2.42 to 2.53 in favor of the Golden Knights. Vegas had 1.82 expected goals for in the first period. So they did the majority of their damage in the first period. And like I said, they basically held on uh, for the rest of the game. But credit to, to the Sharks, they 
kind of worked themselves back in this game. Um, second period shot attempts was 21 to 8 in favor of San Jose at 5v5, uh, 11 to 3 scoring chances for, 4 to 1 high danger chances for. Um, even in the third period, it's a little bit closer. I think Vegas kind of stopped playing with their food here for a little bit. Um, we're just, you know trying to get that fourth goal to put this game away. Um, where I guess sorry they put got their fourth goal at the end of the second, but um, kind of just trying to just to put things away. But you know, credit to the Sharks for kind of fighting back into this game. But again, just such a talent poor team, especially without Couture, without Hurdle, with Barabano being a healthy scratch today. Um, not too too much that that the San Jose could do. Um, and the defense I thought was we've seen recently, the defense has been going back to the blue jackets game of giving up a lot of high, a lot of breakaways, which we haven't really seen from this team, especially since the beginning of the season, right? You look, go back to the beginning of the season when they lost the first 11 games, um, they gave up a ton of breakaways or two on ones or, you know, odd man rushes, um, you, you so at the beginning of the period of the game, they kind of tighten things up, but you're still seeing the, those leaks starting to happen. Um, and as pieces get taken away, you're going to probably continue to see more and more of those. They got lucky-ish. I started it against Columbus, but um, Vegas, man, they'll they'll make you pay, and that's what they did. So um, let's look at the lines here really quick. So you had. Um, Dylan Granlin Duclair. Um, you had Eklund, uh, Cunning Hoffman, and then you, um, Zadina Sturm LeBanc, and then McDonald Carpenter Bailey. And of course, with Carpenter, uh, with Bailey being a defenseman, his numbers don't show up on, on the natural stat trick among the four lines. But um, Zedlin Granlin Duclair played 746, and they had an awful game. Um, four shot attempts, gave up 19. Actual shots was 3 to 10. Uh, did give up a goal. Expected goals for was 0. 0.08 to 1.23. Um, woof. Brutal. Uh, one to 11 scoring chances for 0 to 6 high danger chances. Um, 0 3 1 zone starts. Zadina Sturm LeBanc actually played the second most amount of time and they had a great game. 743 uh time on ice, 15 to 7 shot attempts, um, five to three actual shots. Did give up a goal, but 0. 0.5 to 0. 0.16 expected goals for um nine to two scoring chances for three to nothing, zero um high danger chances for two to one for your zone starts. Kind in Eklund Hoffman, 728, six to five shot attempts. One to three actual shots, zero to one goals, 0. 0.32 to 0. 0.24 expected goals, um, six to two scoring chances, three to two high danger chances, um, with two, three, two zone starts. Um, so you see the Zadina LeBanc Sturmline was working really, really well. Um, I know this, and we, we saw this, these lines get broken up, especially in the third period as Quinn was trying to put stuff together to try to up with any sort of offense um in this game but again like it's just a little too little too late there so um yeah it's kind of is what it is for for them so um as for our dude um mckenzie blackwood all situations gave up four goals, 22 saves on 26 shots. Expected goal against was 3.8, so 
pretty close again much very much quantity over quality or sorry quality over quantity for vegas um 846 save percentage for three goals against average five high danger saves against eight high danger shots he had faced seven high danger shots in the first period alone so sharks again at least they cleaned that part up right uh nine mid danger to uh, saves on 10 mid-danger shots and 8 for 8 on low-danger saves. Um, so, again, I don't think it was Blackwood's sharpest game. Uh, we've definitely seen better games out of him, but, um, you know, I don't think it was his worst game uh, at all. So, just kind of, a, I think, an average-ish game for, for Blackwood there. So, um, defensively, uh, 5v5 Corsi. Um, actually, McDonald. Not too bad, man. McDonald played what? Apparently, <laughs> when McDonald was on the ice, uh, the Sharks outshot um, Vegas twenty to two uh, shot attempt at least. Excuse me. Same thing with Carpenter. Yeah, that Carpenter Bailey McDonald line played really, really well. Um, they were kind of dominant. Um, looking at, at their their Corsi four, um, so those that fourth line was really, really good for the Sharks. But again, it's those guys are playing like 10 minutes a night. So um, defensively, so we had Vlasic. Um, he kind of led the way for Corsi for um, 20 shot at, or 25 shot attempts to 15, so 62%. Henry Thrunny made his return. Um, he 20, uh, sorry, 19 shot attempts to 12, 61%. Uh, Ruda, 18 to 12, 60%. Uh, Kalen Addison, 23 to 20, 53%. Ferraro 18 to 17, 51%, and Ty Emerson 13 to 19, 39.39%. So, um, yeah, I thought the defense was okay. They were definitely a mess in the first period. I think, again, I think Vegas kind of bailed them out because if Vegas wanted, I think this could have been a game where if Vegas wanted to embarrass the Sharks, they could have um, embarrassed the Sharks. But yeah, they again wanted to just kind of do their thing. So, um, well, let's talk about something more interesting. And that's when do we see Thomas Portolo? Has he made any strides to kind of with the Barracuda to kind of earn that effort and earn that his you know chance to come play um, with the Sharks? We'll talk about um, the Sharks and a much improved Barracuda team here in just one second. Buying tickets to sports, music, comedy, theater events shouldn't be stressful. That's where game time comes in. They have killer investment deals, all in prices, views from your seats, and their best price guarantee. Game time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. The thing I love about game time, um, with their their app, you can actually see what your seats are going to look like. There's nothing worse than getting to an event and realizing you have bad seats. Actually, the only thing worse than that is when you go to check out and they slam a bunch of fees on you. Game time has their all-in pricing, so you know exactly what you're going to pay when you go to check out. There's no surprises, no hidden fees, anything like that. Um, you that way, you know if you're getting a great deal when you check out. You can buy tickets in seconds with uh, two taps, and Game Time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. So, down the Game Time app, create an account, use code Locked On for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account, redeem code Locked On L O C K E D O N. For twenty dollars off, Donald Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. All right, um, Thomas Bordelow 
in the San Jose Barracuda. So uh, I know the Barracuda this season have, it's fair to say that they have been a bit of a disappointment, but um, I think this team has really found themselves recently. And I think it's a good combination of the young guys contributing and then the older guys playing as well. And the older guys like Cole Castles, Nathan Todd, Scott Saber, and those guys have been pulling their weights, especially kind of the second half of the season here. And then you're also getting contributions from your young players like Thomas Bordelow, who um, since returning from his injury, he's been playing really, really well, um, pulling up his stats right now. So Bordelow um, in the last couple games here has, has, I think, really kind of found a different year for for the Barracuda. Um, and he's really, again, the thing with Bordelow, right, is you know the offense, and, and Nick Nolan kind of talked about this on the pregame show um, today. You know the offensive talent is there, and you you see it, right? It is, he oozes offensive talent. Um <clears throat> But it's always what, again, this is the big question we talked about with Eklund, with, with Jay, or, you know, like Kent Johnson. If you're not scoring goals, what else are you doing for me? And I think Bordeaux is starting to kind of figure that part out of, like, yeah, I can score goals and, you know, make pretty plays, but that's not going to be what keeps me in the, the NHL. And for Bordeaux, who's got – so in 29 games this year, he has 23 points in 29 games, which is – that's a great, great – that's again, he had 41 points in 65 games last year um, in for for the Barracuda, but um, I kind of since his return. So um, he's been on fire. So he returned January 27th um, after missing a couple weeks with an injury. He had a goal. He's basically in one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven games. He's gotten um, a goal and then two, six, seven assists in that time. So eight points in those in those games. But um, I think though you're really kind of seeing him realize like I have to play better. My, you know, I have to back check. You saw Alexander Barabanov, right? Didn't back check lead to a game winning goal. Um, next thing you know, he's, he's a healthy scratch. You've seen that with Duclair. You've seen that with Vlasic this year. I mean, if those guys can get healthy scratch, why Thomas Borla, who's, you know, 21, 22 years old, more than ripe to get healthy scratch. But um, I think, though, his play has kind of also been a big reason why the Barracuda have been playing much, much better. And um, I know they lost four to nothing against Coachella Valley. And it, it looks that game was way closer than it looks like Coachella got two empty net goals. Um, and Chris Reger, like, stole that game. Like, if they don't do expected goals for, but um, uh, the Barracuda had a ton of expected goals in that game. Like they were, Bordelo got robbed in that game. Like there's plenty of, like that game was very, a very winnable game. Just two goaltenders playing kind of out of their mind in that game. But three to seven to three win over Bakersfield on Saturday. Um, and you're down Luke Madon and um, Nikolai Kanishov. Big win. Um, yes, I know that four to nothing loss, but San Diego goals on, on Wednesday beat them down six to two. Um, beat down, you know, for a very big win on Saturday the 10th, um, four to two win against the Condors, um, three to two overtime loss against the Condors Friday night. And um, that game very much a very winnable game as well. Like, um, 
Abbotsford Canucks a three to two loss, and then you had a one to two win against the Canucks uh, earlier this month as well. Like this team has been playing very, very well recently. It's very much too little, too late um, for I think for the Barracuda um, as of right now they are <clears throat> they are eight points behind Bakersfield, and Bakersfield has uh, four games in hand right now. Um, so they'd have to go on like a huge run here to, to potentially. So a lot of, a lot of games left. Um, you know, there's about 24 games left in the, in the series, the season. Um, so there is some time left, but they would, they need to go on a massive, massive run to try to make the playoffs here. But, um, back to Bordeaux though, like we, I think, you know, maybe that just a little bit of that maturation of like, I know, what I have to do to kind of play in the NHL. And that's, that's a big thing for young players, right? You have, you remember like Bordeaux has always been one of the best players on his team, you know, Michigan. I know they had some other great names on there, but was always a big contributor, right? Um, even last year, you know, kind of making his, his debut in, in with the AHL immediate impact. Right. Um, but that maturation of like, okay, if I'm not scoring goals, what else can I do? How can I make myself um, so valuable that they can't scratch me? And I think that's what we saw from Eklund, right? Eklund kind of took to that mentality, and now he's playing on the penalty kill, right? Um, Eklund is, you know, maybe he's not scoring what you want him to, to do on a team that has been shut out nine times this season. But Eklund has made himself invaluable to the Sharks and David Quinn. Um, the only time he's missed a game this year is because of an injury. Like, and they know the best thing for Eklund is to continue to play well and get these minutes, right? For Bordelow, can you continue to try hard? Bordelow is never going to be like a Selkie or uh, like a defensive standout. Can you try hard? Can you at least right positioning? You know, just don't be a, a negative in the defensive zone. Just if you can be, just be an even, just be an even in the defensive zone. Um, that way we can trust you. And again, it's not like the Sharks are going to, if you place the Sharks right, you're not, you're going to probably going to spend a lot of time in your defensive zone. You're going to have to kind of work hard in those areas. So I think for Bordeaux, that's the big key is continue to have a positive attitude, continue to work hard in your defensive zone. Um, and then, you know, make, make it or take advantage of the opportunities you get. So, I expect to see Bordelobo up here soon. He's been playing really, really well for for the Barracuda. Um, you know, I would ex- I would expect him, especially after the trade deadline, I would expect him to kind of get a nice little run here at the end of the season to try to kind of solidify himself going into next year. Right? Look at the kind of look at the the Eklund plan. Right? Eklund got his eight games last year. Um, we know if, if it wasn't for contract shenanigans, he probably would have stayed up the rest of the season. Um, but then he knows kind of where he, he sits. And I think the same thing for Borlo. Um, come in, take advantage of the opportunities. There's going to be plenty of opportunities. You know, you could even potentially see an Eklund Bordelow con in line or Eklund Bordelow, whatever line. Take advantage of those opportunities, right? I think those those two guys, the creativity um, that they have together, I think there's a chance for them to kind of do something nice down here at the end of the, the season. But um Again, this AHL, right? They they hammer home development league, development league, develop, continue to develop those skills um, going forward. And I, I think Borlo, no need to worry about Borlo. I think Borlo is going to get a chance here soon. So, um, 
that's going to do it for me today. My voice is just about done. We'll be back on Wednesday. So this is Tuesday's episode. So we'll be back on Wednesday for the 1,000th episode of Locked on Sharks since I've become the host. Uh, where I want to answer your mailbag questions. So keep putting in your, uh, your questions. I'll try to pick out the best ones. Um, so you can find that on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Locked on Sharks. You can listen to the show wherever you get podcasts. And, of course, you can watch on YouTube as well. You can follow me on Twitter at MyFryHole. Until Wednesday. Bye, friends.